0: there was a time i had trouble talking about it congratulate them we know they doubted somehow we made it up out the pit back against the wall never quit traversing through each obstacle show a non-believer what's possible let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams let's go that come at us could come in between life gave me the worst yet my side grew so green we've been down in the dirt been tossed in the trash, but I never stray from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe
1: that's our fault.
2: It's going to be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box.
1: Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. All right. All right all right everybody welcome in to the in between fantasy football podcast baby we are back with our rookie preview show tonight i'm seth woolcock you know me and you also know my right hand man the chef the realtor the fantasy sports it's the man of the house tonight nathan polvo
2: what's up nate Well, you just called me Nathan. Wow. (laughs) Um, I'm great, man. Yeah, I'm the man of the house tonight. I, uh, for Mother's Day, put Jen up at a nice hotel so she can just have peace and quiet. And she has had that. So I'm here to talk some football. Um, I'm excited, man. Stoked for the uh, bonus show this week.
1: Little boys night. Little boys night. We are doing a double feature thing. Tomorrow we'll be back on with our normal co-host, Scott. We also have Sam Wagman who's going to be guesting as well. We're going to talk tomorrow with them. We're going to talk wide receivers, tight ends of the rookie 2022 class tonight. We have the exciting RB class, the quarterback class as well. We got Kyle in the back end ready for some ring of fire as well. Nate, we got a boys night brewing. What are you drinking home alone tonight?
2: Uh, I'm drinking a Coors Light for now. I'll probably move on to this nude hard seltzer after that. Trying to keep the calories low yeah oh yeah it's it, it's beach season baby that's right i gotta get my beach bod back man
1: that's what that's why i'm <laughs> back over here on the bushlight light diet we got the john Deere cans <laughs> in tonight
2: man oh nice there's always a different like different like weird bushlight light cans man i had no idea until i met you no clue the corn can i oh. love the look of the corn can this is the new version
1: of the corn can. We don't quite get the full year, but oh. you do get the for the farmers. You do get the green mountains, green can. I mean, hats off to Bushlight man. They don't sponsor us. Hopefully one day they do. But I mean, the, the creativity, they come out with these marketing campaigns, these new cans consistently. I was just getting warmed up to fishing cans. And now we
2: got farm cans already. I just love that there are seasonal cans. If I've been thinking out about it for my night home alone. I should have picked up some Bush Light. Oh, you should have, Nate.
1: You should have, man. (laughs) But the night is still early. Um, Nate is home alone. And, you know, it kind of got me thinking a little bit, you being home alone. Like, I just recently heard about, like, Home Alone star Macaulay Culkin and kind of everything that transpired with him emancipating himself for, like, age 15. His parents, like, forcing him and his siblings to go into, like, child acting just to take some of their money. Like, have you heard about that, Nate? That was a wild story.
2: Yeah, I mean, I grew up, I, I think I'm pretty close in age to Macaulay Culkin. I grew up on the Home Alone movies and all the other stuff that he did before he kind of emancipated himself. And I remember when that story hit and it made me feel so sad for him. Like, God, they stole everything that he did and he worked so hard or tried to, I guess. But that was wild. It's, uh, but dude, child actors, man, like Corey Haim.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he's actually dating former Disney Channel star Brenda Song now as well. I believe they have a child together as well. So super interesting how it played out. Yeah. I know we're going down a little bit of a tangent hole there. But they being home alone tonight, it reminded me of that. So hopefully you don't have any intruders. And if you do, hopefully our boy Macaulay taught you what to do, bro. <laughs> oh, he did. I think about it every time I'm home alone. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, as we mentioned, guys, tonight on the show, we're doing our RB's QB rookie preview. Um, We also have Kyle, who we're going to tag in to do some Ring of Fire here at the end of the show as well. Um, And we're also going to be breaking down um, an extensive, in addition to doing this rookie class, we're also going to be breaking down and giving away something to celebrate 200 subscribers on the channel. Um, This is for Draft Night Out, which is the largest Fantasy football event in the U.S., guys. Canton, Ohio, August 13th, put on by our friends over at Cooperative Media Network, Eat Sleep Fantasy, Dale DeMont, and that whole gang. So this is a really cool opportunity. Nate, I know you participated in drafting it out last year as well.
2: Yeah, no, it was amazing. Uh, It was really cool to get to do a live draft with some of these people who are in the industry or um, you know through different social media platforms you've got to interact with on shows. Really neat experience to have the big board. It was a lot of fun. Guys, we're giving away a slot for this. So if you're going to the expo, we're here for you. All you have to do is make sure you're subscribed to the In Between Media YouTube channel. Comment during the show. Kyle's going to be keeping records. He's very staunch. He's making a list. Kyle, you're going to keep track?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm making a list. I'm checking it twice. We're going to have the elves making something nice.
2: All right, guys. Kyle's keeping track, so make sure you comment. Get in there. Win the slot. It's going to be a lot of fun. We hope to see you there.
1: Absolutely. Draft night out, baby. Really kicks off football season for us, so excited for that. Excited to break down these rookies with my brother from another mother here. Let's get into it with some front and center, boys. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do.
0: Chance you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere oh, in between. Me. How about you come to the just place? trying to have some fun. fun. Ain't got to worry oh, about something, not what it means. Come and give me you're another, the cause the night, night is young. young. Oh, at
2: least I so thought.
0: This just in. Breaking news. <laughs> Front and center.
1: Front and center, baby. Here we go. Let's start it off here, Nate. We're going to go through the top three rookie RBs pretty extensively here. They're the ones who are going to have the most redraft fantasy football relevance here in 2022. We will break them down, and then we'll touch on these other guys who maybe there's a chance they're fantasy relevance, but it's going to take an injury, a trade, something a little crazy to happen. So let's see what happened, guys. Let's start the talking with Brees Hall. He was picked 36 to the New York Jets. They actually traded up with the Giants to go get him. Um, I mean, there's a reason Brees Hall came into this fantasy football offseason as the RB1, Nate. He runs a 4.39 40-yard dash. He's high 90 percentile in speed and burst score. Just in the last two seasons, man, 3,000 rushing yards and then 46 total TDs for him in college. What do you like about Brees Hall here? And he's someone you're maybe investing in in redraft this season. Probably going to cost you about a fourth, maybe a fifth-round pick.
2: So, yeah, I like Brees Hall. I do think he's probably the has the highest upside of any back in this class. There are others that I like their situation a little bit better because, I mean, yeah. Yeah, let's not kid ourselves. We're talking about the Jets still. We don't know if Robert Sala is actually a good coach. They weren't great last season. But we did see Michael Carter actually start to do some stuff, which gives you a little bit of hope for Brees Hall, I think, which really dings you – for michael carter but at his adp he's going as a back-end rb2 like i really like that value right now for him um and i think that yeah i mean if if we're talking back-end rb2 value adp i'm gonna snag him in drafts
1: yeah right now nate he is rb20 in underdog drafts player 51 overall so about the early fourth round is where you can snag Mm -hmm. him um, or, or uh, late fourth round, that is, excuse me. So Breach Hall, it's interesting here, but the one thing like that, that is a little bit of a hold up here, yes, you said it is the Jets. I think the Jets can be a little frisky this season. They're my frisky pick of the season to maybe take that jump that a lot of people are expecting the Dolphins to take. However, what about Michael Carter here, Nate? Because he's still in this backfield. He had a very productive rookie season while healthy, and Ty Johnson is also still in the mix. He has no dead, dead cap hit though. If they cut him, he is only through 2022. So this could be Michael Carter or uh Michael Carter and Brees Hall's backfield after that.
2: Well, I, that makes the most sense to me. Ty Johnson's fifth year, sixth year. This is his second team. He started with the lions. He's got an opportunity and he hasn't capitalized. 2021 is a perfect example. We all looked at him coming into the season. Like this is a guy who has potential to explode. It never happened. With Brees Hall and Michael Carter, they're going to be the one-two. Ty Johnson's going to be left out in the cold. But I, I'm concerned about where Michael Carter's going to land in that one-two. Yeah, and it's it,
1: the biggest thing that's tough here, Nate, is Zach Wilson was not very efficient at targeting the, the running backs in that offense. Right. Mike White was doing a lot of damage mm-hmm. with Michael Carter, with Ty Johnson through the air. We didn't see that from Zach Wilson so much. But I have to think Mike LaFleur is going to use the talent, whether it's Michael Carter, whether it's Brees Hall. One thing we know is the Jets did improve that offensive line. Lakin Tomlinson, he comes over now. Mm -hmm. He's going to slide into that guard position. Um, And then they also got Max Mitchell in the fourth round. So they're doing stuff to improve themselves. I think the Jets could be interesting here. The only issue with Brees Hall, is he going to get the pass-catching work? What limited work there might be in this backfield? Maxed out in college at a
2: 9.9 target share, Nate. I, I can't, I think Michael Carter is going to retain some of that passing work. I do too. But I think that, but I do think that they want to see if Brees Hall can handle some of it too. And if Brees Hall proves to be efficient, say preseason, first couple weeks of the season, we're going to see a dip with Michael Carter's targets. And that's really all that's propping up his fantasy value at this point is the idea that he's going to get work in the passing game right now. He's the RB 35 in redraft. I mean,
1: yeah. Yeah. Are you taking, are you taking Brees Hall at RB 20 because I don't get excited about Brees Hall at that, but I think that's still right around Hit Like I, I think you're drafting him towards his, his floor. I think he could be an RB one, but it's going to take a lot to go right for him.
2: As long as he's in that eighteen, that RB eighteen to twenty two range, I'm okay with that range. I that's kind of a mix of whatever, where I yeah. think that he could do very well in that range, and I'll be okay with where I drafted him.
1: So going right ahead of him a little bit is Ezekiel Elliott, at RB seventeen, and David Montgomery. I would both rather have those players. Are you
2: are you with them as well, Nate? I'd take Breeze over Zeke. Okay. Okay. And then- I I'd probably take I. Yeah, I take I
1: definitely take him over Zeke. Okay, I would not. I would stay with Zeke Elliott. But then J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs. That's the tier you're in, and I think over those yeah. guys, I would take Brees Hall over them.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially I. I just don't think the fact that J.D. McKissick is back back in Washington really doesn't bode well for Antonio Gibson. But that's conversation for another show. No, we're going to talk about it later. Brian Robinson's in that backfield now. Yep, too, yep, so. yep.
1: Fair enough. So we will talk about them. So Brees Hall, Nate and I are saying in redraft leagues, he is someone to invest in. If he stays around that RB 18 to 22 range, we're all right with it. We're not screaming. We're not shouting, but we're all right with it. Moving down the list here, Nate, Kenneth Walker goes at pick 41 to the Seattle Seahawks. Not what we wanted for Ken Walker here as far as landing spot. I love the talent though. I mean, 5'10", 2'10", prototypical running back size. Had over 263 carries last year for Michigan State in the Big Ten, baby. 1,600 yards, for him, 15 TDs. Previously at Wake Forest before entering the transfer portal in 2021. Nate, he was six in the Heisman voting. However, he enters a very crowded backfield. Chris Carson is recovering from cervical fusion surgery. Not totally sure on the details of that, but it's something in the neck. It seems kind of dangerous. And then Rashad Penny, your boy, ready to rip as
2: well. What is your take on this Seattle backfield year one Kenneth Walker? So, Chris Carson, I think, is going to be a non factor. I just can't see him getting any sort of significant workload again in his career. And I know that sounds, but dude, that neck injury is no joke. I know. I know. I it's mean, not the name, bro. The name like scares the shit out of me. Cervical fusion, hope. I know, to be fair, Peyton Manning had a similar procedure and came back and won a Super Bowl and had some of his best seasons but he also wasn't being asked to run the ball up the middle against an NFL defense. This is different for a running back. I like Chris Carson. I like his talent. I don't think he's a factor. I really like Rashad Penny, but we haven't seen him be durable through an entire season, which concerns me. I think people are kind of sleeping on Ken Walker, man. Like he's right now graded out as an RB 35. So back end RB three, You've got to imagine, even if Drew Locke isn't great, that he's still going to get volume in the passing game as well.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's tough because they don't have a lot of targets outside of Tyler Locke DK Metcalf. I mean, they have no offense for what you want to believe in him and Will Disley as well, but it's tough. I think the big thing that, that people are struggling with there is there's the very anti-can Kenneth Walker catch the ball. And it's something we're not too sure of because he only had 13 receptions, 86 yards, and one TD here at Michigan State this last year. However, I've watched, watched a lot of Michigan State football over the last couple of years, just being a Big Ten fan. And they don't normally target the RB no matter who it is. Like Even Lev mm-hmm. Bell in his breakout junior season, he only had 32 receptions at Michigan State. I'm not saying he's Lev Bell. I'm saying he's probably half the pass catcher, Lev Bell, is being one of the all-time – great pass catchers at RB, but I think he's a serviceable guy. I think he he has like JK Dobbins level of hands. Um, and to me, he reminds me of Maurice Jones, Drew, but a little bit taller. So I'm, I'm comfortable with it. I, I think like right now in underdog, he's RB 30, Nate. I think that's still like for where you're getting him. That's around Tony Pollard, Kareem Hunt, Singletary, Damien Harris, C. Michael St.
2: Carter. He's actually going ahead of Rashad Penny. By two slots, according Uh, to fantasy pros, which uh, I think is interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't blame him on that one too, because Rashad Benny's been so banged up. I think what happens is I think Rashad Penny, I think he gets the go out of the gate. Maybe it's a couple weeks in, maybe it's Seattle's bye week. Eventually that backfield is going to be Walker's. And I don't know if it's gonna be Rashad Penny injury that does it or just a down game that they want to see what Walker can do. But he's gonna explode at some point this season. It might just be one of those that you have to overdraft him a little bit and sit and wait like we had to for DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders. Insert, you know, average to above
2: average rookie running back. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Seattle's, we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Are you comfortable at pick 90? I believe that's 90. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'll take him at pick 90. No problem.
1: Okay. No problem. (laughs) Nate is in on Kenneth Walker. I have a little bit of hesitancy just with the overall Seattle team here, but I do love the talent. So I'm willing to take the risk at RB 30 though. Let's hope rookie fever doesn't push these up anymore though, Nate.
2: Oh, it will. You know, (laughs) it it will. will. You know, it will.
1: Yeah. 100%. He's
2: going to make one good catch in preseason. You're going to go onto your sleeper app and just be like Ken Walker trending plus 13,000.
1: Yeah. How about it? How about it? (laughs) So Nate, Sticking with RBs here, going down the list, maybe you're and I's most intriguing RB prospect, a guy that a lot of people weren't talking about pre NFL draft. You showed some love in one of your columns. I showed some love earlier in a couple posts as well. Um, and that's James Cook. Pick 63 goes to Buffalo. This is the younger brother of Dalvin, and he's a sleeker version of Dal- Dalvin. 5'11, mm-hmm. 190, so a little bit undersized. But this guy's got great. Quick hips, a fluid lower half, and he's someone who just dominates in the zone run scheme. He can anticipate the holes, and he shows great numbers mm-hmm. coming out of them. Nate, do you like James Cook? He's got a 4 40-yard dash, and elite ball tracking skills. I think he's like a lot like Aaron Jones to me.
2: What, what do you say? So I took James Cook with uh, 103 in a rookie draft last week. That tells you how much I like him. Brees Hall was gone. I didn't need a wide receiver. So I took James Cook. What, what pick was that? 103. And Brees Hall was, okay, who was gone? Who has gone already, you said? Brees Hall was gone. Drake London was gone. So I took James Cook. And I don't feel bad about it. Because I think that everyone wants to say, Buffalo doesn't throw to the running back. That's true, they don't but that's because their running backs are Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. They're not pass catching. Hey, backs. don't you, don't
1: you put Zach Moss ahead of Devin Singletary, even naming them.
2: <laughs> well, I'm, okay. So let's try Devin Singletary and Thank Zach you. Moss, Thank you. sir. Um, <laughs> but it's telling that they tried to sign JD McKissick. You don't sign JD McKissick to be a pure between the tackles running back. He's a guy you're asking to get outside and to More specifically, catch the ball. That's what he does and what he does well, and what he has done well in Washington. They couldn't sign him. So they went out and got James Cook, who does just that. He caught all 27 of his targets his first or his senior season in Georgia. Every target thrown his way, he caught. That's efficiency. They weren't asking him to do it a ton. And maybe Buffalo won't ask him to do it a ton either at first. But I'm telling you, this is a guy whose PPR upside is ridiculous if he hits, and in a really like raw class, like if you're going to go after a rookie running back, go Brees Hall, then go James Cook.
1: Yeah, I, I was surprised. I was in a rookie draft last week. I saw him go 105, and I was a little surprised by that. There is a, a lot of talented wide receivers, and I, I I don't think I'm the most. I don't think I'm the person to tell you to take him at 103 or 105. But I I think you should be comfortable. This is a year where ADP and rookie draft does not matter. You need to go after your guy. Yeah. And if that was your guy, Nate, I totally agree. Um, and, and the one thing, you know, I would like to point out a little bit is Devin Singletary. This is a guy who, until last year, late in the season, hasn't had a lot of success. However, he proved a lot to me down the stretch there. Between the last five weeks of the season, so week 14 through 18, Devin Singletary was the PPR RB2, Nate. And in addition to that, when they got in the playoffs – this was the guy they leaned on 107 really? rushing yards, three total touchdowns, and seven receptions. He was going, he was like went to in those first games by Buffalo quite a bit. He was leaned on a little bit. And in the red zone, they started using him as well. So I think this could be a situation where we see Devin Singletary get the early down roll and the goal line work to start. But James Cook still is going to be a value with that PPR boost there. There's no Cole Beasley, there's no great slot thread on this team. Jameson Crowder enters the fold, Isaiah McKenzie is there, Mm. but they're going to need to lean on someone in short yardage situations as well, and I think James Cook, especially for 2023, has massive upside here, Nate. I just love the prospect, and I think
2: he has maybe a higher ceiling than even Brees Hall when it all comes said and done to it. He very well could, and like, don't discount his ability to run between the tackles. Just because he's slight, he's very shifty, he has quick feet, and he finds holes, and he's got a lot of bursts at the line. He's very much like his brother. He's just smaller.
1: Yeah, yeah and then he, we have the GMM network here on YouTube. I don't expect James Cook to be the leader and in, in rushing for Buffalo, but I think he could be third on the team in reception. And I, and I think that's very true. I think that's very true. Um, just want to remind our YouTube listeners as well, make sure you subscribe to us, comment in the chat, and then we will enter you in a draft night out sweepstakes. Um, just wanted to sh- shout that out one more time. But Nate, I, I think James Cook, I think we've covered it pretty well, but he's a guy yep. right now I am very interested in any format to get him. I was eating him up on underdog before mm. the draft. So I have a lot of James Cook right now. I'm very comfortable with with where he's going right now. RB34 in underdog fantasy redraft best ball league. So, RB34, a couple spots behind Singletary. Is this a backfield, Nate, that you would even mind like grabbing both of those guys just to have stake in maybe the best, you know, overall offense in the league?
2: I have this weird feeling that James Cook is going to steal a lot more work from Singletary than we thought. So, no. Okay. I mean, I'm staying away from Singletary. I know you love him, man, and that's. I just. I, I'm. This is a the situation where I'm really risk averse. I, I. I just don't. I don't feel like it's worth it. I
1: understand. I understand. But I was someone last year is very on Jay, Chase Edmonds, and I did not have James Connor enough places. So sometimes it's not a bad idea to take you know a double stake in the in the in the backfield of high powered offenses. So just something something to throw out there. I like Singletary. I like James Cook. I think it's going to be a really nasty one-two duo, man. And hats off to Buffalo, man. I mean, just coming in with a stellar draft all the way around. I love it. They really killed it. They really killed it. 100%. 100%. Guys, okay, let's go ahead and move through these other RBs here, Nate. Uh, We can kind of just touch on them. Just kind of give me a yes or a no if you're interested in them. Specifically redraft, but if you have any dynasty thoughts as well, Nate, you, you know, throw those out to us as well. Um, let's start here. Rashad White out of Arizona State University. Goes to Tampa Bay at pick 91 here. Playoff Lenny's still there, Nate. Are you interested in Rashad White at all in redraft? So, no. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Lenny's there, so no. I feel the same way, and Leonard Fournette had a crazy catch percentage last year. He was very efficient with his receiving and Gio Bernard wasn't really enough to, to you know, kind of untouch mm-hmm. him at all.
2: It's Unless he awesome. does something in camp to blow Tom Brady's mind. Like I'm hard pressed to think that he's going to be relevant year one. Yeah. He
1: could be fourth in the pecking order to start out. I, I, I do struggle a little bit. We got, who is the guy everyone got super excited about in 2020. Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn. He's still there too. And he has some pass catching chops too. I was not blown away by Rashad White's tape, honestly, when I looked at it. So this is a player in Dynasty Leagues and a couple other leagues, like redraft. I'm just going to let my opponents have, and I'm going to draft playoff Lenny like like a bat out of hell once again here in 2022. Yep. All right. What about Tyrian Davis-Price here?
2: This was a crazy pick, Nate. Like No one was expecting him to go this early. No, but also... So I like the landing spot for redraft for him because he could be very much what Elijah Mitchell was this year. I know everybody loves Elijah Mitchell, but don't forget this is a Kyle Shanahan team. He is going to do whatever he wants. Just like his dad. He cycled from running back year to year to year. He's, He's shown the propensity to do exactly what his dad did in Denver. Kyle Shanahan feels like he can produce a thousand yard runner every year, no matter who's in that backfield. He has Elijah Mitchell, but he thinks Tyron Davis Price is the next Elijah Mitchell. Don't be surprised if he ends up week three, week four, guy who's getting like 150 yards behind that offensive line in that offense. TDP and we're like venue. Elijah Mitchell who? I,
1: I won't go that far. I don't think it's gonna be I, I don't I, mean,
2: ne- I don't necessarily think. But just be prepared that that's a very, 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 very real possibility.
1: And, and it's also a real possibility here. Elijah Mitchell was getting a bulk of the work. I mean, he was getting 24 carries a lot of time. We ate him up in DFS last season. I know on the tailgate show, we were consistently pounding the table for Elijah Mitchell. But he did get banged up. And I think they want to spread the ball out more. We don't know if Debo is going to have any role in this backfield yet. It sounds like he might not if he is back with the team. We're not sure yet, but I think Davis price is a very interesting late dart throwing Mm drafts for Nate. I think right now I was with a bunch of 49ers fans when this, when this happened, we were, we were at the cooperative media network draft event and they were very excited. A lot of them knew who this guy was out of LSU. He was behind Clyde Edwards, Alaire on that championship team in 2020, 2019, 2020. And you know, while we didn't see the big explosive plays for minute, this guy's a very consistent back. So I really like w- what he can bring to the San Francisco um rushing room. The one thing I'll say as well, Nate, he's not the prototypical San Francisco um, running back, you know, that's great with zone schemes. He's a very different back than what they have on the
2: roster right now. So I, I, I hear you, but again, having – grown up with Mike Shanahan and watching how he cycled running backs. None of them had the same, they never had the same profile. He, they would shift their blocking scheme. So all I'm saying is that I think Kyle learned that because he run, he ran his dad's offense in Washington when Mike was the coach for the Washington football team. Yes. Yeah. So Kyle has a very similar idea of what he wants to do with these offenses and that with running back, I don't think you can ever trust that there's going to be a consistent year to year running back in that system. That is fantasy viable. It's going to be, there will be one, but we're not going to know who it is until like week three, week four of the season.
1: So are you off Elijah Mitchell, at current ADP,
2: which I think is right in the 20 somewhere. Yes. I'm out. I'm not drafting a San Francisco running back.
1: What about Davis price here in redraft right now? If it's super late, RB 53,
2: Yeah. I'll take him at RB 53.
1: Okay. I mean, in a lot of redraft uh, leagues,
2: he's a guy you're probably going to get on waivers like you were getting Elijah Mitchell. So.
1: Okay. Nate, what about Brian Robinson? This was a guy I thought was very underrated. I mean, he was the workhorse of Alabama this last year. He wasn't asked to do absolutely everything And, and he wasn't stellar. He wasn't Najee Harris, but he was a solid, solid running back. And now he goes pick 98 to the Washington football team. So very, very interesting situation here. Something's cooking in Washington right now. And maybe it's the fall of Antonio Gibson a little bit. And maybe it starts with Brian Robinson here. Any interest in redraft in B-Rob? Or, and are you concerned about Antonio Gibson with this move, Nate?
2: Well, I've never had a lot of faith in Antonio Gibson because I don't think wow. the organization has shown a lot of faith in Antonio Gibson. Like he's been, he's been good when he's been given an opportunity. I just don't think Ron Rivera got what he wanted in Antonio Gibson. He doesn't fit what Ron Rivera is looking for. So Brian Robinson's interesting, uh, and again, I'm going to go back to the fact that they lured J.D. McKissick back from the jaws of the Buffalo Bills. So they wanted him enough. I think Antonio Antonio Gibson's cooked at this point.
1: Brian Robinson,
2: I'm interested late in redraft. RB56. Yeah, no, I'll take him at RB56 all day. Antonio
1: Gibson, RB21, interested in him? Absolutely.
2: Nope, not even a little bit. I won't touch Antonio Gibson. Okay. Interesting fact, I have never had a share of Antonio Gibson, dynasty or redraft.
1: Connor's saying easy here on YouTube, Nate, saying easy. I think Connor's right here, Nate. I'm not willing to throw in the towel for Antonio Gibson. Is he an every down back? No, but I think Washington can be more creative in the ways they use him. This is a guy who took 70, 80-yard screens to the house last season. That's how he needs to be used. He needs to be used in the short passing game, in some zone running schemes, and get him going, man. But I, I don't think he is an every down back. And hopefully he can clear up that foot injury because it still seemed like it bothered him quite a bit in 2021.
2: Yeah, I don't want at an RB two value. I don't want him. It's not worth it. There's guys I'd rather have around him. I'm all right
1: with it at, at that price. He was he was going as a late RB one last season, and he still had a pretty productive season. So I'm all right with it here. I think Brian Robinson though. If I'm rostering Antonio Gibson, I maybe throw a late round dart throw in a deeper league at B Rob. If you're playing Scott Fishbowl or one of those, I'm definitely throwing one where I have a big bench because I think eventually this could be, you know, a 1A and a 1C situation. I don't think I'm going to give B-Rob the whole 1B, but I think he's going to be involved. Yeah, I agree. All right, Nate. Damian Pierce out of Florida goes to the Houston Texans. I am interested in Damian Pierce senior. It's sexy Rexy Burkhead on that team and – that's about it. I think you have Marlon Mack there as well coming over from the Colts. Interested in Damian here because I think this guy could possibly be the fourth and final
2: fantasy-relevant guy for redraft this season. I have a hard time with this because I just feel like everyone's going to get super high on him and his ADP is going to skyrocket. And then Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead are going to basically be the two running backs for the Texans. I don't, it's something about Lovey Smith. I don't know what it is. I like him. I like his talent. I think he's a guy in year two or year three that we see maybe like take some steps, but I don't think that 2022 is the year. He's a guy I'm okay with in dynasty and rookie drafts. Where would you take but- in rookie drafts? He's been going uh, early second round. Like 2
1: 1 is what I've been seeing in 12 team leagues mm, a lot. I've
2: been seeing that too. I'm okay with, I'm, I mean, given this class, I'm okay with that. By the time we're getting to the second round, unless you're super wide receiver needy, like you're starting to dart throw anyway. I saw somebody take Trey McBride like 201, 202. And we know he's not going to play much for two to three seasons, but this is a just a crap class for fantasy. They're all great people though. And I hope they have great careers. <laughs> all right. Nate taking
1: shots at, at the, at the 2022 draft class already.
2: Not as people though. I'm
1: sure they're all very nice. I, I honestly think that I, I'm interested in Damian Pearson here. I mean, the ADP is already skyrocketing. Like Nate said, we're up to RB 38 right now, but that's the range where it's for Mondre Stevenson Stevenson. Alexander Madison, Ronald Jones, these type of players. So oh, I'm taking Ramondre Stevenson in a heartbeat. At yeah, absolutely. MVP. And like, I'll, yeah, if I want to throw another dart throw, sexy Rexy, I'll do it. But I, I don't think they have a between the tackles type of guy on that team. I don't know what Marlon Mack is anymore. I, I, I can't speak to that. I've seen when- a lot of people come off the Achilles injury and not be, you know, really the first person I saw come back off the Achilles um, was in Tennessee last season. Oh my gosh! Name escaping me. What is it, Nate?
2: Dante Foreman. Yes, Dante
1: Foreman. I'm sorry, it was so long without him. You know, <laughs> I, I kind of forgot who he was. Right. He was the first person to really bounce back well from an Achilles. You know, we didn't see a lot of Cam Akers last season. You know, performing well when he did come back, even though it was very quickly. But I'm interested. I think Damian Pierce at that price, I'm willing to throw that dart. Um, and, and in Dynasty, I'm willing to pay you know, early second round for him. I think the
2: opportunity is good. I like where the Texans are headed, man. I love these I love do, too. Friend. I do, too. I really like the direction this organization is headed. And like I said, I think that he's a year two or year three guy who's going to provide value at fantasy formats. I just don't think it's going to be this year, but that might be a good thing for him. Maybe he doesn't just get blown up out the gate. They can use Rex. Rex Kid was effective. Yeah. So... Yeah. Why would you? Why would you pivot away from that if it's going to work? Davis Mills was comfortable with him. Yeah, it's
1: still Rex Burkhead. It's still Rex Burkhead, Nate. But yeah, I,
2: I digress. Let's move
1: forward here. Zamir White, he goes to the Las Vegas Raiders. One twenty-two. I think this is a situation where in twenty twenty-three the backfield is possibly his. I'm a little more hesitant here in twenty twenty-two. Um, Josh Jacobs, though, his fifth-year option was not picked up, so they're either trying to re-sign him for cheaper. Or they're trying to move on after this season. They still have Kenyon Drake in this backfield as well, coming back off injury. Any interest in Zamir White as a as a dart throw and redraft
2: and or dynasty? Nope.
1: You don't like him nope. in dynasty
2: either. Uh, maybe in dynasty, but I'm in. Uh yeah, I, I guess I'd snag him, in it's ADP in dynasty.
1: Zamir White, for reference, was the backfield mate with James Cook down there in Georgia. He was actually mm-hmm. the one A. But James Cook has the better profile, I think, when it comes to NFL translation here. Well
2: and situation. Well, right now. Right now, though, but Right now, yes. In Dynasty, okay. And yes, I agree with that. Zamir will beat Drake out, but he's not gonna beat Josh Jacobs out. He might by the end of the season, but that's a risk in redraft. But also, I mean, his ADP. Yeah,
1: I, I'm interested. I'm interested in what we ha- have here uh, from Zamir White, but it is more of a 2023 play, I agree. But I'm willing to use a, a mid-second round, late-second round pick. in yep. Dynasty rookie draft. Other than that, I think he's a guy, again, maybe I'll take a dart throw on Scott Fish for one of these deeper leagues. But other than that, we're probably hands-off Zamir White this year. Pierre Strongney, I I believe you're probably off him as well. He goes to New yeah. England. Um, that was a pool. weird pick. Just a load – that wasn't even the only running back they picked in this one too. So right. obviously either they're trying to move off um, Damian Harris here or uh, you know they're just preparing for the future after his contract's up. Yep. And then Isaiah Spiller, Nate. This is one of the last big ones here. People were really, really high on Isaiah Spiller coming into the draft. A lot of people had them as their RB3 behind Ken Walker and Brees Hall. I will say I'm not taking a victory lap. But I, I didn't see it in Isaiah Spiller, whether it was his film, his metrics, his statistics. I just didn't really see it from Spiller out of Texas A&M here. But he does fall in an interesting situation with the Chargers.
2: Well, I think that he provides something that Austin Eckler doesn't in that offense, and that's being a bruiser at the line of scrimmage when they need short yards or red zone, like they right. the goal line, because they never wanted Eckler to be that kind of back. Which... Yeah. Now they've got that guy. Now I'm not saying that I think he's super relevant in redraft this season. He's another one of those dynasty guys where they're also looking at Eckler's contract. Are they going to re-sign him? He's what getting if Sp- up there in age, man. Right, right. I know, he's like 26. Man, he is old. Um, But I, I really do believe that this is like a look at the future for the Chargers. They think that Spiller could be the guy who replaces Eckler. Yeah,
1: it it could be. I'm not I'm not gonna buy into it too much either in dynasty leagues or in redraft here. I've seen the hype the last couple of years. Whether it's mm. Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, Larry sure. tree a lot of these guys for the Chargers have not panned out. So I think I will stay away from Spiller again. My pre-draft um, pre-draft rating of him was not super high. Didn't perform well at the combine either. So I am kind of moving away from Spiller. But I understand if you want to take the shot and if you have Austin Eckler. He's not a bad guy to grab in the sixteenth, right. 17th round. Yep, I agree. Nate, let's round out this list here, running backs, with Hassan Haskins. He is a bruiser um, coming into Tennessee. Really looks like he could be the heir apparent of Derrick Henry. I'm not worried about it this season. I'm not touching Haskins. You no, know, Maybe sure. I'll throw a dart on him uh, in the late second, early third round of rookie drafts.
2: But other than that, I think I'm going to stay clear. Yeah, I'm staying clear of him. I mean, Derrick Henry. If so. if
1: Derrick Henry gets hurt, he's a guy, you know, sure. load up on the waiver. Um, yep. They did lose some of their running backs. But Dr. Hilliard's Hillard's there, too, and he was a very solid bag up. And Jeremy McNichols right. should be back in the fold as well. Right, exactly. Um, what about Tyler Batty? Because I think he is interesting. He goes to Baltimore. Tyler Batty had a very, very productive um, college career. Our guy, Scott Scott Rainier, Munder Difflin. Uh, one of the co-hosts on this podcast, he did a really great in-depth statistical breakdown of him on fantasy data. So I highly recommend you guys check that out. Mm, definitely. Um, are you interested in Tyler Beatty though? Cause Mike Davis is now added to the fold. We got Gus Edwards, JK Dobbins coming back off the ACL. I think the only way Tyler Batty has some fancy relevance is if JK or Gus is not ready to go come training camp.
2: Yeah, no, there's no way I'm, No, I'm out. That backfield's way too full. And you know that Dobbins is going to get preference. And Edwards is going to get preference. And then Mike Davis is going to get preference. And then, then maybe Tyler Batty. Uh, In Dynasty, I'm okay with it, though, because you never know what's going to happen. And he's such a back-end ADP right now. He's worth a shot. But in redraft, he's a guy that, if all three of those guys fail you can get him on waivers week three, week four. Are you
1: interested? Like, do do you see him as someone who you would spend a late third round rookie draft pick on? Or do you think you classify him more as like a justice Hill, a guy who might not ever see the field?
2: I mean, at this point this year, this draft class, what you're getting in the third round is that. So Yeah. yeah. yeah,
1: that is true. All yep. right, Nate, last one that is kind of interesting. We we kind of buried this one a little bit, but Tyler Algier, he goes 151 to Atlanta. This backfield is wide open right now. It's Cordell mm-hmm. Patterson and it is or, and it's Tyler Algier. Any interest
2: with Mike Davis out of the way here? Yes, definitely. Especially given that we're with Marcus Mariota now, now Matt Ryan. They're tr- clearly trying to shift this offense around a little bit. They've got Desmond Ritter. Drake London, they're a younger team. I think he might see a lot of work in this offense. I don't necessarily think they're going to be a good team, but I think he could see a lot of volume. That's where I struggle a little bit. Nate
1: is like, I just think it's going to be a lower score in offense. Once again, in 2022, they were bottom fourth in the league last year in overall scoring and coming out of the gate. It is a very tough schedule for the Falcons. Mm-hmm. As far as their run game goes, the saints, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Buccaneers, those are four of their top their first five opponents. Right. Mix Cleveland in there as well with a good D-line. I I think that whether it's Cordell Patterson or whether it is Tyler Algier here, I think we're gonna see um a slow start for the Atlanta backfield. So I think I'm kind of hands-off on this backfield altogether. Mm. But if I am taking a shot, it's gonna be Algier over Patterson at his current ADP.
2: Well, yeah, Algiers a value if he gets any sort of volume and puts up any level of points in his first season, where he's being drafted as a value.
1: Right now, Cordell Patterson—he's going in the RB, uh, RB thirty range. Nate, are, are you interested at all in him? Um, RB nope. twenty-seven on Patterson there.
2: Nope. That's way too high. It's unrealistic to think that he can replicate his production from last season. We saw it start to fall off in the second half. That's more likely where he's going to be this season, not what we saw in the first half.
1: Who would you rather take? Isaiah Spiller, RB44, or Tyler Algier, RB45? To me, it goes Algier. Algier. Okay, fair enough, guys. Nate, just kind of want to go over our overall rookie redraft um, RB rankings here. This is pre-projections right now. We're starting to get our projections down, um, but mm. a lot of work goes into that, so we still have some miles to go. Right now, I go Brees Hall 1, James Cook 2, Kenneth Walker 3, Damian Pierce Houston and 4, T- Tyrion Davis Price 5, Tyler Algier at 6. That's kind of the cutoff for me of fantasy-relevant guys. Mm-hmm. If you want to take a shot at Isaiah Spiller or Brian Robinson at 7 or 8, I'd factor those guys in, Nate. Um, do you have any arguments and anything you would change in that list?
2: So I would probably put Algier over Davis Price, swap them, and I might move Brian Robinson. would definitely move Robinson ahead of Spiller from eight to seven. But other than that, I mean the top three, four, like I'm right there with you.
1: Fantastic, man. This is great, breaking down these rookies more in depth. We're going to get to QBs in a second, but I really just want to take a second and uh, thank everyone for tuning in tonight. wanted to remind everyone as well that we are doing a draft night out giveaway, the biggest fantasy football draft event in the U.S. Canton, uh, I think the date on that is August 14th, Nate. And it's going to be a hell of a time, man. We were there last year. We're going to get locked and loaded for that as well here again in 2022 so super pumped up about that just leave a comment guys in youtube um subscribe to our channel that will let us know that you're here we'll then enter you in the contest Kyle, he's 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 making a list he's checking twice there nate
2: yeah just say hi tell us we're ugly tell us you love us say hi to our moms i don't know whatever you want to do just let us know you're here
1: yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, let's go ahead and move forward then with Temperature Check, and let's break down these rookie QBs. Temperature Check. That's really spicy. Holy All right, here we go, family. Um, we got QBs, and Nate, this is a year especially, and, and we've seen it in the past, that rookie QBs outside of a young Kyler Murray, a Joe Burrow, an Andrew Luck, and RG3 Cam Newton, outside of those five guys, I pulled a stat out of the first-round quarterbacks, there have only been five fantasy-relevant QB ones in the last 10 seasons. So keep that in mind with Kenny Pickett. He's going to be a guy who's going to be interesting in redrafts, but you probably shouldn't rely on here in year one. And we didn't have any other ones in uh it, in the first round so we're going to talk about dynasty a little bit we're going to shift our gears from our normal redraft focus here so buckle up nate buckle up baby oh i'm buckled in Let's he is buckled he is buckled in and man was i happy when the pittsburgh steelers my pittsburgh steelers out here in western pa baby they absolutely crushed it here in the draft they went with kenny pickett overall uh at pick 20 there i love what kenny pickett can bring to this Steelers offense. He had 4,300-plus yards um, on, through the air here at Pitt last season, 42 passing TDs, and he can get it done on the ground a little bit as well with five rushing TDs, kind of like a Joe Burrow on the ground. He's shifty. He's going get, to get the yards that you need to convert the chains. Are you interested here in Kenny Pickett and redraft at all before we focus on the dynasty perspective? Because it might be Mitch Trubisky out of the gate here, especially with this tough schedule,
2: Nate. Well, I definitely think it's going to be Trubisky out the gate. Um, Mike Tomlin's smart enough to know that he has a guy who's fully capable of starting, and he can see what he has for his five or six games. If they need to insert Pickett, if Pickett's ready, they'll do it. Tomlin knows that getting Pickett is a long-term move. I know Bo saying that Pickett blows. He just doesn't like his tiny hands. It's fine. Nobody liked Joe Burrow's tiny hands either. Right. Yet here we are. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know if Kenny Pickett's going to be great in the NFL. He was the only quarterback taken in the first round, if that means anything about anything. I am interested in him in dynasty, but if you are taking him in redraft, you need to reevaluate your life decisions (laughs) because he is a guy that you should be able to get realistically, unless you're playing in some weird, like double super flex league. You should be able to get him on waivers. Should he get uh, the starting job?
1: Yeah, I agree There's with that. Nate. Literally I no that. You took Justin Fields last year. You're on that train
2: too. So you're well. That on was. I didn't think that they were going to start Andy Dalton over Justin Fields. Uh, this is different. It's different.
1: Mr. Trubisky still in the conversation, however. Um, but yeah, super interesting here. I think you know. I think we're going to see Mitch Trubisky struggle out of the gate a little bit, guys the starting schedule here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They start with the Bengals, and then they have the Browns, the Pates, uh, the Pats, and then my Frisky Jets, man. Frisky Jets. So this could be a 1-3, 0-4, 2-2 at best start for Pittsburgh.
2: By Frisky Jets, you mean that they're going to be cat food for the rest of the league? Then you're (laughs) 1,000% correct. (laughs) But otherwise – we're going to have to talk about this Jets love you've developed. You didn't run this by me. I don't know what's happening right now. I know,
1: man. Digging in those metrics. I'm sure we'll talk about it more next, <laughs> next episode tomorrow night when we have Scott and Sam on the podcast and talk about the receivers. But the Frisky Jets, man, look out for them. I'm intrigued, though, by Kenny Pickett. I, not in redraft here, but you know he's been falling really deep in single QB dynasty leagues. In my home dynasty league recently, very competitive league. I think he went around the 210, something like that. So if you're new in need of a QB, if you have a Tom Brady, um, one of these older older cats you're relying on, look to Kenny Pickett in your mid to late second round of rookie drafts. The weapons are great too, Nate, honestly. Like Deion, Claypool, my boy Fryermuth.
2: When you couldn't ask for a better situation, like from a front office perspective and like continuity for a franchise that's only three coaches in like 60 years – And Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record. He's probably not going to start this year. And if they believe in Kenny Pickett and he gets inserted into that offense, like he's probably going to be pretty good. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, guys, moving (laughs) on here Desmond Ritter, he was the second quarterback off the draft or off the draft board. He went 74th overall to the Falcons. And this was a surprising move a little bit with Malik Willis falling so far with Ritter falling so far as well. But to the Falcons right now, I'm a little bit hotter on Ritter than I think you are, Nate. I don't have as much Mm -hmm. confidence in Marcus Mariota. I think he's going to struggle out of the gate as well. And I think we could see Desmond Ritter late in the season for the Falcons. Any interest on the kids from Cincinnati?
2: Not in redraft for 2022. Um, I've seen him going first round in some rookie rookie drafts. Dynasty? I think that's a little high. Or, dynasty or rookie about, drafts. He's got a super flex league, though. Yeah. I mean, they're all super flex at this point for me. Um, oh, wow. Look at you playing all super flex dynasty leagues. I don't even know how that... It's just all the ones that I got invited to were all super flex. So oh, look know. at Nate. Look at Nate. Look at me. I'm just like super... <laughs> I even have a double super flex league. <laughs> There you go. There Shout go. out Chaos League. I think, um, I, think- I don't know, man. No. Like I feel like it's 50-50 that he ends up actually getting handed the starter's job this year because I think Marcus is gonna be better than a lot of people think he's going to be. I Dude, struggle, you're handing you're you're handing the guys the keys to an offense with Kyle Pitts and Drake London just to start. I feel like that's pretty good. And if he can't get it done, then we'll see Ritter by week six or week seven.
1: Brian Edwards also there now traded from the Las Vegas Raiders as well. No, I know.
2: I know that happened. I'm just. Here's what I'll say, Nate. Starting schedule for the Falcons. Wait, is this, is that good for Amon Ross St. Brown though? What? Is that good for Amon Ross St. Brown? Brian Edwards going to Atlanta? What does that have to do it's, with Amon Ross St. Brown? Everything's good for Amon Ross St. Brown, man. Get in on the joke. <laughs> I, 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 no, I haven't heard
1: that. It is
2: funny, though. Oh. I,
1: I, I do love me some Amon Ross St. Brown. You know that. but I do. All right. Nate, Sorry. Starting schedule here, though, for the Falcons, Saints, Rams, Seahawks, Browns, Bucks. I think they beat the Seahawks, and that's it. I think it's a 1-4, 0-5 oh start for the Falcons. <laughs> I think we could see Ritter as early as week six or seven. I, that wouldn't surprise me. It really so, wouldn't surprise me. So keep it in mind. I, I think he's a de- decent, decent target in dynasty leagues here late, late in the go in a super flex yes. league. I'd be willing to take him maybe late first round. Maybe I'm that guy in your league, Nate, that you're like questioning. him, like, no bro. I got this. I got this. Be you ready. Be ready. I got this dog. You got this dog. <laughs> So Malik Willis, and I've got a little bit of flack on Twitter because I, I took Malik Willis late in a dynasty draft just off the chance that something happens to Ryan Tannehill. And I'm not hoping for injury or anything like that. Ryan Tannehill is owed a lot of money over the next two years. And he unless he's traded, he's a dead cap hit you cannot live with. So right. unless he gets hurt or unless he's traded within the next two years, we're not going to see Malik Willis probably until 2024. But I'm willing to take the chance in Dynasty Leagues because of that rushing upside. Nate, do you have any any love for Malik Willis in Dyno Leagues near late in the third round, single QB, um, maybe early second round in Superflex?
2: Yes. I believe that Malik Willis is going to be a very good NFL quarterback at some point. I think he has a rough skill set that will get him there. He can hone it because he tested as one of the smartest quarterbacks at the combine. I think he had like the second highest or maybe the highest wonder score. And quite literally every GM that talked to him, that talked about talking to him, said that he was the smartest person in the room anywhere he was at that combine. So if someone is going to come into the NFL with a raw skill set and excel, it's going to be Malik Willis. And I think there's a chance that if, if he's progressing to a a point that maybe he starts to see some spot time with Tannehill towards the end of this season, just to get him out there, depending on where Tennessee's at, like some wildcat type stuff, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But that could lead to us seeing an absolute quarterback battle heading into the 2023 season that ends with Malik Willis being the starting quarterback in Tennessee. I mean, a lot of this is gonna hinge on how good Traylon Burks is, too. Because yeah. they got rid of AJ Brown. So but I think that of all the quarterbacks in this draft, his ceiling might be the no, not might be. I'm gonna say this definitively his ceiling is higher than any other quarterback in this class.
1: Well, Kenny yeah, Pickett would like to have a small hand no, work you there, name. If,
2: if Malik Willis hits his skill set, will be what we all wanted Vince Young to be in the NFL coming out of Texas. He will actually realize what we thought Vince Young could be. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, dude, I believe in Malik Willis. All right. Well,
1: you heard him here first folks. Nate is a believer in Malik Willis. I'm willing to take him in that third round dynasty drafts as well. So keep an eye out for Willis. And then what about Matt Corral here? Crazy situation, you know, really solid career for him. Once he gets to uh, Ole Miss down there, 94th off the board to the Panthers. And I think we could actually see Matt Corral here in year one. It's Sam Darnold. It's PJ Walker. We
2: better see Corral this year.
1: I hope so. I think it's going to happen, man. I mean, at the end of the day, Matt Rule is coaching for his job. Our boy, our boy, Matt Rule, State College native baby. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, he is fighting for his job, bro. And I don't see how starting Sam Darnold is going to do him any good
2: fighting for that job why but wh- okay i hear you but i question matt rules intelligence running a team at the nfl level because they traded for sam darnold and he immediately exercised sam darnold's fifth year option why would you do that with a guy who has floundered with the jets yeah All of that to say that I think Matt Corral should probably be starting week one because you already know what you have in Sam Darnold. He's someone who can't function without CMC. And if CMC goes down again, you're looking at another sinking ship with this team and he's playing for his job. Oh, so baby, it's going to, it's a hundred percent going to sink because I think they actually are going to start Sam Darnold. I mean, which is nuts. They got Cleveland,
1: New York giants, the saints, the Cardinals, the Niners, and the Rams in the first six week—they may be Dude, their, the s-
2: their Dude. schedule is brutal,
1: absolutely, absolutely brutal. brutal. Yeah, so we might we might see Matt Corral. He can run a little bit, so I, I
2: don't. They're going to need that. Yeah, he's worth a dart throw. I mean, you're going to get him at the very back end of a redraft, like sixteenth, seventeenth round. Yeah, and I, I do I'm it. More,
1: Yeah, and I would more do that in like a in a Scott Fishbowl type of league, a super right. Super flex. Super I'm flex. Single QB redraft. We're hands off all these guys. Um, oh yeah, no, you're not but,
2: touching a rookie.
1: But yeah, I I do like Corral though in the, the late half of dynasty yep. leagues or in some of those deeper uh, redraft super flex leagues. Sam Howell, last one here for you, Nate. 144th overall, a guy who probably should have came out of college here in 2021. He would have gone higher up on boards. He's behind Carson Wentz. He's behind Taylor, Magical, Heineke as well. Um, any interest in, in Sam Howe? Because I'm hands off on Howe,
2: baby. I'm probably hands off on him in redraft. <clears throat> I'll take him as a late dart throw in like a fourth round in Dynasty. Yep. Really? I just Not even as a back-end dart Heineke's throw. He's a
1: bull. Heineke's a bull, bro. If, like I don't believe in Carson Wentz with one ounce. I haven't believed in him since 2019. But- oh, me either. I just think, I just think like Heineke's a bull, man. I don't think you get through Heineke and Carson Wentz anytime soon. And I think if Washington struggles this season, they're back in the quarterback market in 2023. And this could be one of those situations, like a Jimmy Clausen for the Panthers 10
2: years ago, where he never sees the field. Jimmy Clausen. I forgot about Jimmy Clausen. That's my comp, baby. Uh. (laughs) I feel like Bo is going to have something to say about that. Um, Okay, though. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like we all love Ron Rivera so much, and those Carolina teams with Cam Newton were so good. But maybe he's not as great of a coach as we all thought he was. And I don't want to disparage the man. I, I think he's a phenomenal person. Just maybe we need to question whether or not He's capable of turning this Washington Commanders team around. Question Ron Rivera right now. Question Ron. I, no, I'm just kidding. You I, can question him. Stop it. Because, <laughs> I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick to Taylor Heineke to Carson Wentz. Those are also GM moves, though, too, Nate.
1: Like, those are GM moves. But, you that-
2: don't, but someone with Ron Rivera's um, tenure in the league, you don't think he gets to make a lot of those decisions? Yeah. I mean, you point. know that you know that he's he's telling the GM what he wants done. The GM just has to do it. I mean I like their, their team
1: outside of their quarterback. It. They got a great D line. They're they're second they do. Still has questions, but I like the addition of Jahan Dotson, you know that. I like the receiving core, I like the tight ends, I like the running backs a lot too. It's just the yeah. quarterback. They need to get that right. And I don't think that guy's on their roster right now. So he's
2: not. It, it, it could be it could be Howell. But it could be Howell in 2023 or 2024. But it's not going to be Howell in 2023 unless everything just –
1: unless everything –
2: unless they go like – watch. They go like 0-10, Carson Wentz gets benched, Taylor Heineke gets benched, and Rivera's like, you know what? Screw it. Let's see what Sam Howell can do. Easier schedule for Washington
1: though. Keep that in mind as well. That's true. The, the whole NFC East, I don't know if you saw this, Nate. It's
2: still Carson Wentz.
1: Yes, absolutely. But did you see that the whole NFC
2: East, they all have the the, the easiest strength of schedule? And a lot of that is mm-hmm. that they're playing each other. But, you know. Right. Well, Pittsburgh doesn't have to leave the Eastern time zone. Gang, gang, Col- baby. Collusion, gang, gang. Collusion. All right, Nate, we just broke down the
1: rookie QBs, the rookie RBs. We're going to round it out with just a little bit of fun on the show tonight. We appreciate everyone yes. hanging out with us late night tonight um let's jump in let's get kyle in here for some ring of fire
0: ladies and gentlemen we got something real special planned for you tonight this is the ring of fire featuring our special guest kyle scott y'all saddle up strap
1: in we're gonna have a really good time and we got mr kyle scott on the show audio producer engineer editor extraordinaire what's up kyle
0: not much just uh you know doing a little podcast action here
1: yeah. dude
2: that's that, that- mariner's hat I love it. I me love too.
1: it. This, this ain't a baseball podcast, Kyle. You should have known
2: better.
0: I don't have any football hats.
2: Yeah, you don't know, yeah, have. I have, have a Red, Red Sox, Sox banner hat. behind me, man. It's okay to show your baseball love. I got I got Polly the pirate back there, so <laughs> I'm showing a baseball
1: love. Uh, let's go pirates, baby! Buckos. You guys see the buckos? They won a game without recording a hit. Yeah. Against the Reds. Let's go, <laughs> baby. Oh, Buccos. man, baseball. Bucko's. We're going to start a Bucko's podcast at IBT. Bucko's time. I,
2: I, I'm not going to be a part of that.
1: I was hosting. Just have fun. Every day. Every day Bucko's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord.
2: Good
0: job.
1: Good job. Kyle, take us away. Save us from the baseball talk, buddy. Can you introduce us to Ring of Fire? Explain what we're going to do here.
0: Alright, so we're going to be pulling three cards, and depending on what number is on the card, uh, I'm going to ask a different question, basically.
1: Yes, this is an all-time great drinking game in the, the, the Woolcock household here, um, and we've converted it into a podcast segment. So, play along, guys. Have some fun with Nate and I. Um, Kyle, let's flip this first card, baby.
0: Alright, four is four. So you are going to be reacting to the fantasy floor prompt. Uh, so who has the better floor in 2022, George Pickens or, oh, my God, Seth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was quick.
0: You can't give me names with J's.
1: Mr. Dodson. Jahan Dodson, George Pickens. hey. Right? Okay. You can't pronounce Jahan.
0: I didn't risk it.
1: (laughs) All right, all right. So we got two PA bowls here. We got Jahan Dotson, former Penn State wide receiver. We just talked about him on the Washington Commanders. Now with Carson, you know Wentz, right? Yeah. And then we have your boy George Pickens. I don't know if you guys saw what he was wearing on draft night. What the hell was that? He was. was It was awesome. I mean, he was pumped, whatever. I was a little concerned, honestly. I didn't know who we are getting on our team. But George Pickens, this guy has been highly rated coming out of high school. Was at Georgia. Um, kind of dealt with injury last couple seasons. But now he finds himself in Pittsburgh. Probably number three on the receiver pecking order behind Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. You also got Patty Frymouth in the mix as well. So, Nate, higher floor play. Jahan Dotson or a boy George Pickens?
2: Put it up. Put it it's up, Dotson. Dotson's more versatile too. He's a speedster. I think that they can use him like some end around stuff, some some usage in the running game, some bubble screen, stuff like that. So I'm going to say Dotson.
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here. I just think I would rather have – I mean, these are both going to be, I don't think, the best offenses in the league. I think they'll be bottom half for sure. But I would rather have probably the number two option – in Washington, over the number four yes. receiving option in Pittsburgh, I'm counting Fryer move. Probably is the second or third option at this point. Let me yeah. see Patty Fryer. Muth. All right, Kyle, next card here for you, fam. We got two.
0: Two is you. You and Nate are going to do a little beef sesh.
2: I guess I can also
0: do it. I'm here too.
2: Wait, a what sesh? Beef
0: sesh. sesh. You're going yes. to hear some beef.
1: Yeah, so fantasy beef for those tuning in for the oh, first time. Oh, oh. What we do is we like to call each other out for our fantasy biases, um, you know, bad takes in the past, current bad takes, whatever that is. Kyle, do you have any, any beef you want to air, man?
0: Uh, yeah, I, want, I have a beef with uh, all the Kenny Pickett naysayers out there. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: So when all the news came out about his hand size – I was going to join in on the fun having and make those of his hands. And then I, it occurred to me, I've never measured my hands. I don't know what size my hands are. So I took out the ruler and I put my hand on it. Do you know how big my hands are? Eight and a half inches.
1: Isn't that Kenny Pickett's size?
0: My hands are Kenny Pickett's size.
1: Okay. And, and, and Kyle, how tall are you for the viewers that don't know? listeners? I'm 6'4". Okay, so that makes sense. What? Just- yeah. Yeah. Kyle's a tall motherfucker.
2: Wow, <laughs> I had no idea you were that tall, Kyle. Oh, yeah. I'm he towers. towers. I mean, I'm not surprised. You kind of – now I'm like – so you're Randy Johnson with that Mariners hat on, man. Do not yeah.
1: call Kyle Randy Johnson. Some Randy John. Johnson over there. <laughs> you just Blow up a bird. A whole ten points tonight, baby. That's, <laughs> that's Kyle's guy. Oh, man. man.
2: Oh, man. Uh, so, okay. Fantasy beef for me here. I know where you're going already.
1: It's going to be your hate with Jalen Hurts lately, Nate. You got to... Oh, I, that's not where I thought you were going. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything recent other than the Jalen Hurts hate, man. I mean, get on board now. The passing attempts are going up. They don't really have like a star running back in there. And I know a lot of his production, you're gonna say, was on the ground, and that yeah, it's not repeatable. Look 40%. At Lamar, look at what Lamar Jackson has done. It's repeatable. His his passing game is going to improve now because he's not just throwing to Devontae Smith. He's got AJ Brown. He's got an improving Dallas Goddard. I like where the Seagulls team is heading. I am full captain of the Jalen Hurts hype train. Two
2: choo, motherfuckers. <laughs> no way, man. I mean, look, Jalen Hurts didn't magically get more accurate overnight. He
1: can work on it, man. He,
2: sure. Jay, Jay Cutler could have worked on it. Okay, that is up. A- Mayfield could have worked on it. They did. That's the funny thing. They did work on it, they didn't get better. I don't see him getting better. That's my. I hear what you're saying. Josh Allen improved. Josh Allen had Stephon Diggs. Jalen Hurts gets A.J. Brown. Maybe it happens, but I still don't think that it's going to happen.
1: 61.3% completion percentage with Jalen Rager and Quez Watkins. This is two and three options. It's going to get better. Sure, He's got A.J. Brown in town, man. Devonta Smith is a sneaky wide receiver, too, as well. Keep an eye out for
2: that, man. Okay. All right.
1: All right, got, we'll, see,
2: we'll see what happens. What's your beef here, brother? You know, honestly, lately I don't have a recent one. Your takes have all been like pretty much on point. So I'm going to go with the old uh, LaVisca Chennault hate. Oh. Give, give peace a chance, man.
1: You want me to give the third or fourth wide receiver, maybe fifth if Laquan Treadwell is beating him out. You want me to give a oh. in the Jacksonville offense? No, thank you, sir. Dude, he is. Do
2: you remember Wendell Smallwood? Yeah. I do, you how, do you remember how Doug Peterson used Wendell Smallwood, who had a very similar skill set to LaVisca Chanel, while is, smaller? He was, he, he was a multi-tool guy who could, you could use him in the backfield. You could run him out in the slot. You could do a lot with him. Um, I've seen people compare, like, he could use him like an Elshon Jeffrey type. Like, new coach in town. LaVisca Chennault is a very talented receiver, man. Just give him a chance. You just compared him to Wendell Smallwood, Nate. Don't, don't, I know it's a weird comparison. I'm also old, so cut me a break here. He's a multi-tool weapon, someone that Doug Peterson will use in that fashion. Yes, Bo says, let him play running back. I think they should. They're not I love going that.
1: to. They just drafted Snoop Connor too. Nate, I'm just going to let this one sit. Mm. All if, right. If you guys want to see more of this discussion of, of Nate and I and LaVisca Chanel over on Trophy Smack's channel, we did yes. it too, so check that one out. I thought you were going to come after me, my Frisky Jets take, but that might not be too off-bases at this point.
2: So I don't know. It's so recent and fresh. Jets, baby. I'm going to keep on with them Frisky Jets. I'm just hoping you're going to talk yourself out of that while you sleep tonight. And then <laughs> All right, Kyle, last last card for
1: us tonight, man. W- closing time as it is, we got Ace. Kyle, what is Ace?
0: Ace is a little game called Fantasy Guess Who. So I'm going to start giving you guys some clues. Uh, Seth, you know the answer, right? I
1: do, yeah, so we'll give it to Nate. We'll give it to Nate. All right, let's I put this one in there.
0: All right. So he is a current NFL player.
2: Okay, helpful.
0: Yeah. So he's from the (laughs) Big Ten. He finished second in Heisman voting. Finished as PPR RB1 multiple years.
1: And RB1, not the RB1, but and RB1. And RB1.
0: He had some small legal trouble. Small's doing some big work there. (laughs) He's now a free agent.
1: Oh, he is no longer a free agent. He was at the time I wrote that question a couple of weeks ago.
0: He's no longer a free agent. <laughs> and he's yeah. been an RB two the last two years.
1: Oh, What are you thinking, Nate? You don't have to lock in your answer yet,
2: but who are you thinking, brother? Melvin Gordon. Oh! Dude, he got his Dewey right after he signed here, man. (laughs) It was like two weeks after, and I know exactly where he got it. I can drive you to the spot. It was December. It was December. You got through like six or ten weeks before you got Oh, that's true. That's right. It was during – whatever. What gave gave it away for you, Nate? What gave it away for you? Well, it was the multiple RB1s, but then you're like he finishes an RB2 the last two seasons. Yeah. That's what did it for. was like Melvin Gordon. Ah, there you go. Kyle, pick
1: someone better next time than I did. It's bullshit. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's bullshit. (laughs) Well, guys, this has been an absolute pleasure tonight. We've had so much fun. Everyone who's been here tonight, thank you for tuning in. Um, Again, leave a comment here in the last couple minutes if you haven't already, and we will enter you in our giveaway that we're going to do tomorrow night. You have to be subscribed to our YouTube channel as well. No cheating. Kyle's got that list. He's checking it twice, baby. Um. But make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave a comment. Um, we're going to do a giveaway for a draft night out ticket tomorrow night. If you like the show, if you enjoy what you saw tonight, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. It is the easiest way to support us here at Between Media. You can follow us on Twitter at IBT underscore media. We have feel-good lifestyle advice with fantasy sports advice coming out. At this point, five days a week right now. So we're already busting. Yep. The season is approaching, whether it's fantasy golf, fantasy NASCAR, or your good old fantasy football boys, we're going to be here all off season long. Nate, what do you got for us, man? Been a crazy ride these last couple weeks. And I, I think now things are going to start slowing down, but we never know.
2: Uh, things will never slow down ever. We've got, we've got OTAs getting ready to fire up. We've got so many things going on in football. Plus like normal life is just crazy. So absolutely, just stay out there, have fun. Keep it in between, guys. Absolutely. Keep it in between, guys. Thank you so much
1: for all the support tonight on the show. Make sure to hit that subscribe button here. Make sure you hit it on on uh, on your audio platforms as well. You can find me on Twitter at between underscore Seth FF. You can find Nate at Nate Pulvo and the show at IBT underscore media. Guys, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday night. Keep it in between until tomorrow. The rest actually you will be back right here, same place, same bad channel, baby. Until then, guys, keep it in between. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice.